WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Years ago, Dennis, when I started my business, I'll never forget listening in a conversation that one of the things that was always going to be consistent in whatever you do in your work and in your life in general, the guarantee was it was going to entail change. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what you try to preserve or the way you want to keep things. Change is inevitable. And no matter what, in any shape, way, or form, it's going to happen. It is. And unfortunately, businesses, some are really good at it and some, I would say many, struggle at it. Yeah. It, and because of that, a lot of times what companies need to do is they need to objectively have uh, any type of transformation, any type of change in the company done, I think by bringing in third parties. And Donna, you're one of those third parties, outside people, outside organizations that can help companies do it. Thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, you know, one of the things that we hear about all the time when it comes to change is digital transformation, and just the idea of change management. Can you define a little bit what digital transformation is so that we're all on the same page here? Sure. Digital transformation is anytime you're changing the technology in your organization. So mm. it's, I'm putting a new computer system in. So that's digital transformation. Unfortunately, it just is digital most of the time, but transformation doesn't happen that often. So <laughs> easily. Yeah, yeah, because because it's change. I mean, that's that's where, and again, people want to resort back to doing it the old way because it's comfortable, and in their mind, it's easier. And Don, I know in an earlier conversation we had, I mean, a lot of times you're going to get productivity out of it, but initially, you actually may have a decline in productivity when you're making that change, which that's sometimes concerning to people, but that's just part of life, right? Yeah, we've we've done projects where we managed to actually increased productivity during, during, right after the implementation, but it takes extra special effort in order to do that. So most of the time, yeah, you should expect productivity to decrease a little bit. And part of the problem with digital transformation, which I'm sure you've both seen, is um, they believe sometimes that implementation is the end. Yes. Like, okay, check the box. We did it, except nobody's using it. So they're not measuring whether this thing actually worked. Right. And the stats are incredible right. on the number of changes that fail for digital transformations. And yeah. for digital companies, people who are, I am a digital department. We should, you know, I'm the IT department. We should expect our change to be really good. That's about 20, 25%. The rest of the organization is about four to five percent in terms of successful changes the first time because they don't realize what they're doing to people. Honestly, I I think the statistics that you had sent over were pretty alarming. I know Dennis and I were were taken aback when when you sent that over and I was reviewing that. Uh, Just kind of some over, you know, arching statistics here. Twelve hundred and eighty four executives were uh, we're looked into as far as the, the changes here. Um, and so this is done with uh, 85% of senior executives who kind of voiced all of this, uh, uh, their opinion on this, but the failure rate of 72% of transformation. Wow. I mean, that can be, it can be attributed to inadequate management support for the change. Wow. It, you know, employee resistance, 39% of that, the success rate of, uh, 
tech savvy industries, which you would think would be a little bit more adapt to that type of stuff, 26% or less. Traditional industries between it's four and eleven percent. Donna, why why do I want to implement change? What's the? I, I can't do that. It doesn't make sense. Why should I be doing this kind of change? Uh, a lot of times, it's interesting because the reasons people decide to go through change. Sometimes it's Wall Street's expecting it. Sometimes it's we have to have this because our people aren't doing what we need them to do. Mm. Well, that's. A digital transformation is not going to help them do what they need to do. So I think one of the things that people have to look at is what are you going to do? Why are you doing it? What except what results do you expect? And then how are you measuring to see if you get those results? So that's the easy part, actually. The easiest part of a whole change is to decide to do it and to think about what you want. Now, the problem is there's huge numbers, 75% that say, it's it's 75% or more that say, hey, just because we decided to make a change doesn't mean that we're having any adoption whatsoever, any kind of change, whether it's mm. culture, whether it's digital transformation, whether it's let's merge. This is the most fun. Let's merge two organizations together. And we're pretty sure that they're all going to get along fine if we just introduce them. So it's just absolutely amazing. Making the decision is the easy part. And so, but I still see a lot of times when the decision gets made, it's, it's fascinating to me that you're expecting this change to be on top of 10 others you've just implemented. And you think people should be okay with that. Mm. And so the speed that we're making changes is so incredibly high that it's, really critical for us to get people in an organization to where they can implement changes themselves. So yeah, consultants are great to help out, but any organization who wants to implement change should think about, can that consultant teach us how to do it? Because this is not going to be the first or the last one. We want to know how to do it right so that the consultant doesn't have to be part of our everyday staff, which some consultants think that's a great idea. We don't think it's a great idea. I mean, it's way expensive and we can help you build those people. So anyway, right. go ahead. No. So I, I think that you've hit on a really good point. And I've actually been on the receiving end. I've worked for large organizations and they have implemented change and it, it, whatever that happened to be. And I think that we were just expected to just understand that this change is happening and that's all there is. And I, I think that when it comes down to it, you, you, you probably need to have some adoption, you know, some, uh, some metrics, some mechanisms that put, be put in place. And so maybe you can walk us through what you would suggest companies think about implementing before they do some of these changes for the company. So the first thing that they need to do is figure out what they want to do and why they want to do it. Because the why sometimes doesn't happen well. They need to. We have we have ways that we go in and we challenge the living daylights out of organizations because it's like, but you already have that system. Why do you want another one? It's not that it's a bad idea. We want them to understand what they're doing to themselves from a capital outlay, from a what are you doing to your people, from everything. So when you talk about the why, yeah, Dennis. Yeah. And I was going to say, a lot of times the why they have it, they forget to share it with everybody else throughout the organization. And so it's, it's the senior groups knows the why, but the actual worker bees, 
don't ever understand why yep. and they're just told to do it. And, and especially in today's world with all the different, with the Gen Z's and all these different, different cultures and different people's mindset that didn't used to exist. It was kind of like before you just kind of worked and did it. Now those Gen Z's want it. They want to know why, and you better explain to them very detailed why you're doing it. Cause if they think it's stupid, they're not going to do it. So you, it's a whole different world than it was back in the sixties and eighties where senior management just said we're changing right. and everybody just kind of grabbed the rope and came along. Well, they didn't, they didn't then, either. <laughs> but now it's worse because there's so much change happening all the time. It's the rate of change that's right. different. <laughs> the ability to adapt to that change is not any different. Uh, one of the things that we see when you ask, how do you monitor this? Well, first of all, you've got to figure out what you're changing, who it's affecting. What are they, what are they going to get? And a lot of times we bring in, why don't we bring in the departments? Why don't we bring in the leaders who are in those departments? Because if you bring them in up front, what happens is you get automatic involvement. I just mm. got to give you my voice. And as a result of giving, I, I now have buy-in to this change because I was able to help guide it. So the more you can bring in people early, the better off you're going to be. And they can help you decide in my per particular department, this is what great looks like. This is what success looks like. I think leaders feel like, the top leaders feel like they need to ha always have all the answers, but if they're great leaders, they know they don't always have the answers and you bring the people in that do. Yeah. But where it stops then, even if I know what I'm going to change, even if I know how I'm going to find out if it's successful, the piece that gets missed the most is I got to engage the hearts and the minds of every leader make them role models, number one, because if I want a specific change to happen, I'm going to give you an example, computer system. Oh, well, I don't want, I don't want that on my computer. I'm not going to do anything with that. Well, if that's what the top leader says, trust me, that goes down to the organization so fast, it would absolutely turn your head. Why would we do that? They won't do that. That doesn't even make any sense. They don't even want it. And the story gets better every time it's told mm -hmm. to the point where they don't even have a computer anymore in their office, right? So it's really interesting. The amount of leaders that don't realize that everybody's watching them during the change. Whatever they say, whatever they do, everything gets gets translated through the organization in whatever way possible. So it's critical when you're trying to engage the hearts and the minds of employees that you've started with the leadership team because a lot of times they're not even aligned on what that change should be or what it's going to do. Well, I didn't vote for that. Well, that doesn't mean you aren't in, you know? And I mean, we have, we've worked with leadership teams before that we have had to replace leaders on a leadership team because a transformation in an organization they didn't believe in and they wouldn't support. And it got to be really, really ugly to the point that they got replaced. So, I mean, it, you have to have whoever is your sponsor incredibly serious and willing to make sure that they're leading that charge. If you do that, then that makes your whole change easier. If you don't have that, I just did a keynote a couple of weeks ago and I said, if this isn't there, just give up. Just give up now. Don't even put your heart into this. Don't even hope that it can happen because those leaders, if they're not going to show you that they're really all in, they've made the decision. 
but then they want to hand it off to somebody and say, here, it's yours now. This is your baby. I hope you raise it right. No, 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 no. So the hearts and minds start at the top. You know, along those lines too, as well, Donna, you know, I think you made a really good point as well as not only having the leadership involved in really letting them see that you're there behind this so that their employees can get on board with that and not create any resistance. I think it's really important too, from the employee's adoption perspective, they need to stay involved. They need to be part of this whole process. It's not just a matter of this is the way it's going to be. And that's the way you, you're going to have to do it. There, there's more that goes beyond that. I think employees a lot of times don't feel heard. They don't feel heard in terms of what's going to work for me. Because when you start to look at what are all the pieces that I need to engage your heart and mind, number one, I got to have the leaders who are saying the right things. Mm -hmm. That means that they can't come up with their own things. It has to be consistent. It has to be messaged. It has to be, you know, leaders. Well, I can just send an email once a week. Absolutely not. I mean, we go from an engagement perspective. One of the easiest things to do is as you're looking at who does this thing, whatever this change is, who does this affect? Bring them all in and say, hey, if we did something like this, what would that do to you? How would that look? How would you like to hear about this? What kind of celebrations would you like to have? What would that? And you just get them engaged in easy stuff up front. Mm -hmm. Leaders a lot of times don't take the time for that because they're doing so many things. And so they hand it off to somebody else who doesn't know how to implement change effectively or engage people like that. And that's why I said that the people who are trying to implement are doing everything that they can. But a lot of times they don't have, they don't have the oomph to go to the senior leader and say, you're doing this wrong. You're making the change harder. Here's what you're doing to people. So when we start out with leaders, we ease all that because we tell them, you're the problem here. I had a client that asked me one time, he had to drink bourbon during this, but he said, well, do you, he, all these employees coming to him all the time. Well, do you think I'm part of the problem? And I just laughed at him. I got him another bourbon and I said, no, sweetheart, you're all of the problem. <laughs> you're not part you are the problem. And we made changes to alleviate him from being the problem. And they became incredibly profitable very quickly because he was inserting himself thinking, this is the issue, thinking he was doing the right thing. And in fact, he was doing the exact wrong thing. So people who are in charge of a change, a lot of times don't know what the right thing looks like. You do have people that are much better at it. They are instinctively better. But there are, it's like, what are all the tips and tricks? Because our goal is how do you move this fast and get adoption as fast as possible and get those hearts and mind turned? And there's a lot of tricks, but a lot of it's about how do you communicate with people? How do you show them what the benefits, not just tell them, but show them what the benefits are? How do you make sure that they are engaged? How do you make sure they're accountable? It's another thing we hear. Oh, these people, they have no accountability whatsoever. And my first question is, did, did you talk about your expectations? Mm. Well, they should just know. Yeah. Why should they know? Well, they have a job description. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> so the job description lists your expectations? I'm just curious. Oh, well, you know, that's why I hired them. So, I mean, they go back and forth. So bad leadership in general is not going to help your change be successful. So that's why it's important, whoever's leading it, have all the tips and tricks because you have to bring leaders a lot of times along 
for the party because they don't know how to do it either or they would have done it successfully. So yeah. did I tell you how to make a watch <laughs> and you asked me what time it was? <laughs> well, you know, and a lot of times you've got leaders that were worker bees that have been promoted up. They were, they're great at their tasks, but let's be honest, they're not really good leaders. I right. see that many times with the companies we're working with that they've been put in this role and it's, they're not really good at leading. They're really good at doing, but they've got this title of leader as well. And it's, that's where part of the problem begins to happen. And then they're expecting change to happen yep. and these people to lead it. And they, they've done change before mm-hmm. in the past by just working really, really hard. And now you're telling them to implement some new stuff and it becomes a big challenge. The other thing we see a lot, I know on our side, we go into a company and we'll be the 10th time they've tried some new software and it's like <laughs> the software is not the problem. The problem is either the leader, the people, it's the implementation. It's all the things Donna's talking about and that, you know, you can buy 15 more softwares and you're still going to have the same problem for a software or a process or whatever you're doing, because it all is, it, it's all about that change management and how you manage it more effectively and help people buy into it. The other one, Donna, I had a question for, a lot of times I see people, they're trying to get the whole team to buy in. Well, sometimes I always told my people, it's a bell curve. You've got 20% that will get it. There's 20% probably are never going to get it. It's that 60% in the middle that you're trying to get. So you're trying to get 80% because that 20% on the back end, you're probably going to let them go or hope that they leave, or you're going to help, help them go somewhere else to get them out of the way in some of these changes that are happening. I mean, thoughts there. It's interesting because you are going to have early adopters. Uh, I think people think that change happens in a department. No, it does. It happens in an individual's head. Because I will tell you, I know how to lose weight. I know diet and exercise. I know that all those things, I can avoid all the three big issues I can do. So then why am I not stick then? And that's this, that's what I ask people a lot of times. Well, so-and-so didn't do this yet. And so I just take it away from them because they're now blaming their employee. And I think what people don't realize is in, I didn't expect people to, to say, we're not doing this. Mm. (laughs) Just like, seriously? So what's interesting is when you say change happens at an individual level, if I put the same thing in front of both of you, it would be very interesting to see how you would react to it. Because Dennis, if you've had experience with it, you feel comfortable with it, you know you can do it, great. Because another change for you is not going to be that big of a deal. However, if it's something you've never seen or touched or tasted or felt or whatever, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. And so you have to work yourself to figure that out. And if you don't have the fortitude to do that, this makes my job harder. I'm now going to have to work twice as hard to do this. I now have to, some technology is terrible. I now have to implement this and put it in three places instead of the one place that I used to. Or I used to know the keystrokes and now I have to use a mouse. 
Or I had one organization who said, hey, we don't even think our people know how to use a mouse. They've been using this old green screen system for 30 years. And I see that sometimes, which is frightening, but it happens. Hmm. And so we want you to teach them how to use a mouse. So I'm not teaching them how to use a mouse. We're going to do a survey and find out how many people are on Facebook, how many people order something online, how many people, because if they're doing any of that, they know how to use a mouse. And when we did that, we found that there were three people that had to have the training. And that's the thing is I'm going to take this solution. I'm going to throw it down and go, everybody needs this. So if Benny has never used a mouse, has never seen a mouse, doesn't even know what to do, he may hold it up here because he doesn't know that you put it on the desk. Okay. This is going to be really hard for him now to learn how to use a computer system. But the pace that you're willing to change at has a lot to do with If Benny is used to being the guy that everybody comes to, and now all of a sudden, I'm going to put something in place that everybody can get that information from this new system, from this new whatever, Benny's power just went away. Mm. He's going to fight that change way harder than anybody else. So when I'm looking at how do I help Benny make the change, I'm not saying how do I help your whole group. What I have to do is get Benny to be an expert in this system, give him extra because we, everybody is trusting him. Everybody is looking to him. He would be somebody that I would pull in. I need his heart and mind first because he is going to talk smack about that thing. If he doesn't, he doesn't like it. He has something to lose. And that's what I think people don't understand is what do they have to lose or what do they have to gain by saying, I'm not doing that. So your 20% of they may have to go somewhere else is probably correct, but there are ways to have no dead soldiers here. There are ways to do it. It is hard and it is frustrating sometimes, but when it works, it is so exciting. Yeah, you know, I think you, you bring up some amazing points here and, and things that I have seen in my personal experiences. I can I could share you a, st- a story about we were bringing in a new telephony system for a client and the, the I, I was meeting with the IT director and I could and, and I could tell what he was trying to do is find out information to see if he could build it inside his company and what the COO had said uh, no we are outsourcing this because we are not a telecom telecom company right and so I thought that was pretty funny and I, I eventually I, I believe he was uh, he was not part of that organization anymore. But, um, you know, I, I think it, you bring up some really good points. And I, I look at this as an opportunity for some people really to shine. You know, if you are mm-hmm. giving the ability to communicate and let them know how things are going, getting the employees involved, it's an opportunity for them to show that their potential leadership material, that they have the ability to adapt. They can really roll with the punches and be able to implement that that's going to look pretty good for a, in a leader's mind. And for if, if I'm running my business, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that type of uh, those type of standouts. Our goal is always to make sure whoever we, we don't have a client. We have a client with a waterfall effect mm-hmm. because if there's any major change happening, we need subject matter experts who are coming in because they can, it's like lighting a bonfire. Right. Change doesn't happen when you light it at the top and you go, okay, it should be good now, which is how leaders make change. Change happens when you light it at the top first and then all around the sides, at the bottom, in the middle, everywhere else. And then you get this whoosh. That's what you want. 
You don't get that by just leaders implementing change. That's when you have people who say, this is going to help us so much. I don't believe you, Benny, because I don't know you. You're my leader. But I do believe Dennis because Dennis is my peer. And he came back and he doesn't like anything. He said, you're not going to believe how cool this is. We're not going to have to do this and this and this anymore. Now we are able to do that instead. Hmm. I believe him. Now, when you tell me the same exact things, if I don't know you, we'll see. But that's why it's so critical to have the organization handpick. I mean, we help them handpick who are the right people to involve. What does that look like? And sometimes it's going to be who is the biggest detractor. They are who we want involved. We want them in a special way sometimes because they're going to find issues. Let's let them find the issues up front so that they can help us solve that. It's And people are so scared of doing that. It's like, no, no, trust me, it'll work. So 35 years of success tells me this. So, <laughs> And Donna, I love that bonfire analogy. That That's a great one. I mean, I think visually for people that, you know, that get it, that's because so much of it, they try to start at the top, but to your point, it's the key is starting those little fires all over the place. So it does decrease that whoosh. I mean, that's, that's the heart that's and mind. Like when you engage lot. it, you get that bonfire that is, is tall. So yes. Don, there's so much more that we could absolutely talk to you about. I think this is a fascinating topic. I, I legitimately believe that for companies out there that are struggling with their changes, they're going to need to get more information. And we can't cover it all here in our podcast, unfortunately. But what's the best way for folks to be able to get a hold of you if they have some specific questions they want to talk to you about? Probably the easiest thing is to go to our website, which is www.propelchangeglobal.com. And there's an I need more information section in there, and then it'll email us directly. Um, if you guys could, you can also put my specific email address in there. Uh, which is Donna.Griggs at WePropelChange.com. That will then give you the ability if you have specific questions or whatever. Uh, we're putting together an assessment right now that we are giving to clients of, let's see how good you are and where you need to, to focus the most. So I'm very happy to share that as well. Fantastic. Well, Donna, thank you so much for stopping by today. We appreciate it. I've, because there's not enough time, we're going to have you come back again, kind of finish out and maybe give a little bit more depth into some of the areas here. But I think this is a fascinating topic. So thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you. I'm very happy to do it. And I appreciate you guys immensely. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Donna. Thanks for joining us today on Work From Home with two guys. Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is get in touch by sending me an email, benny at velocitytechnology.group. That's B-E-N-N-Y at velocitytechnology.group. Dennis, if some people think that they need to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, there's two ways. One is the email, Dennis J, so it's D-E-N-N-I-S-J, at worksolution.com. So it's W-O-R-X and then solution, no S at the end, dot com. Or I'm on LinkedIn a lot under Dennis Jackson, and you can search for works or w, or also the work from home with two guys were there as well. So would love to hear from you guys and help out any way we can. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you at the next episode. You've been listening to WSH with two guys. We'll see you next time.